0: Hi everyone, it's the Jarl, Steinfox here. Before we get into the actual podcast, I just want to mention real quick that we now have a Patreon account through which you can support us. If you want to support the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated, of course. Um, We have a couple different tiers, ranging from $3 a month up to $25 a month. Rewards of that vary from just having your name in the end credits as one of our supporters one of our Patreon supporters up to having access to the full podcast a week early no matter the length of the podcast. So I just want to mention that real quick. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash QueerPagans. anything will be greatly appreciated every support will be greatly appreciated if you don't feel like supporting us monetarily you can of course just leave a five-star rating at the bigger podcast platforms you know leave a five-star rating on google podcasts apple podcasts spotify that also helps us immensely so thank you and let's get into the show shall we Podcast. I am here again for the third time now. Nah, no, third time, bro. We did uh, we did two giants. But uh and yeah. this time we're going a lot smaller again. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Joshua Fortini. Bro, you have dug up some stuff again. Um, like I said, we went from giants. We're going to go to something very much smaller than that. So what do you got for us this time? Stein,
1: I found the coolest thing. It's called the Havener Runestone in Oklahoma. All right. Now, there's a lot of reasons they're dating this thing at about 1500 years old. They're putting it right around five to six hundred A.D., First of all, the age of it, the carving, the whole nine yards—you know, the, the stuff in the area, the legends that go back, you know, from the Native American folk and everybody stating that this thing has been here for quite some time. This is this is significant when you think about the fact that no European people were said to have been in the Americas around 500 A.D. It wasn't even until around 1000 A.D. 1100 that, um, Eric the Red,
0: uh, Yeah. Eric the
1: Red Son. Leif Erikson. Yeah. That made was, it. This that wasn't. So, I mean, this is five, six hundred years before Leif Erikson. All right. Hmm. And the alphabet that they're using on it actually correctly puts it in that time frame because they were switching from the older Futhark to the younger Futhark where they're actually removing letters from the alphabet and making, um, Syllabic combinations With a single letter So it, it kind of Shortened the alphabet But it also shortened the dialect A little and there was a lot of speculation As to why but this runestone You can tell was from that time frame Because of such so. um, They had some Some of the elder Futhark letters but like the, the End rune they used was Younger Futhark and you mm-hmm. know A couple little um, I don't know if you have a piece of that you can bring up anyways
0: yeah that is yeah. uh let's see i should be able to i should be able to all right uh let's see share a screen just a portion of the screen yes that is all right let's see let's try and elongate that's get it
1: right so now it... this is one you're talking about that is it. You see all the way on the left-hand side we have the Gibo. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is our G. Now the the odd thing is that second letter, right? Because it doesn't fit the Elder Futhark exactly. Our now is a little different. You yeah. know, the line goes all the way through it. So there there's speculation on that, but it puts it right if you put it right in between the transition from the Elder to the Younger Futhark which they put it right in that time frame mm-hmm. uh, historically, so I mean, it fits. It says Gnome Doll, right? G-N-O-M D-A-L, alright? Yeah. Gnome Dale, right? The Dale of the Gnomes. Now... A lot of Dales. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The farmer in the Dell. you know, the, the, the rolling hills. Mm-hmm. So they have an area that from the 15 hundreds when we got here, there was already legends. Don't go there, right? These legends started, you know, what they didn't know at the time, but almost a thousand years before the Native Americans knew don't go to that place. Right. There's Native American lore telling that when they were dragged from the um when they were dragged from their lands in Florida and whatnot and put in the reservations in Oklahoma. That was one of the areas that they tried to shove them in, and they found out quickly that they did not like that spot. So there was a whole chunk of their reservation that the the people didn't want to use because they had warnings to stay away from it. So they tried to put the Indians there. The Indians didn't want to use it. So they have this empty valley for you know a couple hundred years that just mm-hmm. it, it that. you know uh, we we basically stayed away from it. Well, we started our state park system, and you know we try to figure out what's going on, and uh, of course the, the state park pops up, they put a fence around it. Nobody can see it, touch it, get near it. And uh, I guess it's gotten a little more slack as of late. You know, nowadays you can actually get up near it and take pictures of it and whatnot. But uh, for the, through the 60s and 70s, when during the founding of that state parks and all of that stuff, it was uh, fenced off literally like a couple feet from it. You couldn't touch it, you couldn't get near it or anything. Mm. So, it was uh it was impossible to to do anything to do any work on it to date it to do anything other than just you know check the area around it but there's uh a lot of lore now oklahoma specifically has a lot of lore now they have everything from bigfoot to the 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 little people that they warned about and gnome doll you know um there's a couple Native American tales, but you look, and that's in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. Now you look on both sides of the country, and you have similar things happening. You have another group that is experiencing the Moon-eyed people at the same time. Another group of Indians is a, is meeting the Ant people, right? Mm-hmm. And and they have a lore that spreads back from that. Let's get into the Ant people, right? Okay. The Hopi, the ant people are a kind of Western United States thing. Um, there there are a few tribal tales further over in the U.S., but basically the the Western tribes and the Central American tribes, they, they have a, a lore about these people that came to them before a great disaster called the ant people. They came out of the ground, out of the mountains, out of the mesas, and got the name. And they even depict them in their cave paintings and whatnot with... Um, antenna Uh right and they have them next to humans and in some of them they're like way bigger than the people and other ones they're way smaller than the people and they had these that they could actually put their head against the stone and travel into these little holes right yeah Mm. really cool legend but these people came to them before a disaster and basically told them there's gonna be a a terrible winter coming that's gonna be kind of long you're going to need a really long store of food for this one. Three times, four times more than any winter you've ever prepared for. And they taught them how to do different things in a, a generational period, like um, farming turkeys and using their eggs for protein while oh, storing yeah. turkey out of the meat and storing it. And there were so many uses. Um, they, the, they, quite literally changed their lifestyle, started building homes in the side of Mesa's up off the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And started storing um, buffalo chips to burn, wood to burn, things to cook with. Um, They were drying foods at that time, drying corn, um, jerking meat, doing anything they could to preserve food, salt packing. They learned all of the time frame from the ant people. Now. We know that right about five, six hundred, we had something happen. We like to call the Dark Ages, yeah. right? Right about the same time the Gnome Doll Rune Stone is, right? The Dark Ages happen and we have at least an 18-month winter. Some people's interpretation would say it was a three-year winter. Let's let's call it an 18-month winter, a year and a half, okay. right? They would have had to have stored three times the amount of food they would have had to have stored, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's a long period of time to prep for, so they had to change their whole lifestyle, and they yeah. had to do it rapid. Something we
0: oh. talked about on the uh, the Ragnarok podcast as well, um, mm-hmm. just the uh, the long winter and how the but uh, an eighteen month of winter, dude, that's that's brutal.
1: That that's almost impossible to comprehend. Think about if that happened now, oh, what dude, would we do? Man. I mean. That's that's a dark thought. All of a sudden we have no farming for eighteen months. Yeah. Yeah, there would
0: be really no way. I mean, that, yeah, like we that. have we have indoor farming now and uh, you know, glass houses and, and all of that. But it'd still be a struggle and you ha- no. you would have to do so many things artificially and like your um, energy bills just fucking shooting up and Everything freezing—that'll be tough. Even nowadays, even with the, the technologies and farming technologies that we have developed over the uh, over the centuries.
1: Look at Texas last winter.
0: Oh uh, yeah, 20, no. was
1: it? They had blackouts. Their windmills froze. They had no power. Yeah, they, people were desperate fast. And I mean, it happened over a couple day period where it went from okay to no way. You know, like people literally like looting stores looking yeah. for food that's that's already gone people bought it you know they're I mean, breaking into stores for no reason in, in most of the occasions
0: yeah we have <laughs> you know, we
1: have harsh winters
0: here in um in europe in northern europe here in the netherlands but you know i can't imagine just like no no power whatever i mean a couple of years ago um my my heater broke so like in the dead of winter it was like December January whatever I had no central heating at home and there was just like no central heating I, I you know I could like burn the stove and whatever but yeah like how many heat will, uh, will that provide so right
1: man that was no,
0: that know. was rough like I can't imagine that for 18 months in a row without right. the luxuries that we have now
1: now Think about this. I live in Florida, bro. A lot of the houses down here don't have heaters on them.
0: No, why would you?
1: (laughs) Like literally, they'll have a window unit in one of the windows of an old concrete house that never had ducts put in it for central heat and air. Mm -hmm. So they're essentially cooling their house with one little window unit air conditioner or cooling one portion of their house or they'll put a couple of them in different windows. But like, they have no heat. They're bringing space heaters in. That takes electricity. If your grid goes down, you're screwed. You know what I mean? Even with a generator, a heater takes a lot of the power of a generator. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of the smaller generators or normal-sized household generators won't handle a couple heaters running. They might handle one, maybe two smaller ones, but they're not going to handle enough to heat every room of the house. So you'd almost so have, I mean, to, like, you'd almost have to get that's, a, that's, a generator per and, heater. And now that's in modern times. You know what I mean? now yeah. imagine this yeah. happening imagine this happening when you're still living on the ground in in skin huts wigwams teepees, you know what i mean uh, now there were adobe houses but like at, at that time frame they weren't they weren't uh there was no sign of them building them but they did at that point right at about that time frame start building these houses up on the cliff sides that right? that's very isolated. Yeah. Like isolated, Think insulated. Think about this. If you're up there with your food, you have all your fire materials and enough food to last mm-hmm. for the whole time. The only thing you have to ward against is birds and things that can climb really high up a cliff wall. Right? That's not too bad. All right. Now you've got what? Your whole tribe up there. Somebody's going to throw a couple ladders up pushing back down somebody drops a rope ladder down you reach up you cut it and you drop them you know what I mean yeah you're basically up on a cliff wall once you pull your ladders up you're secure and they had 20 30 foot ladders they climb up to a certain level and they would pull their ladders up right now mm-hmm. you can go look at Mesa Verde to this day if they don't have ladders down there you're not getting up to it so we know they were secure for a long winter with their food and yeah. they're still here their tribes survived the Dark Ages. So, we know that they existed through it. Their tales came with them. You know what I mean? We, we have to validate that, right? Now, on the other side of the country, simultaneously, we have the Moon-eyed people. Similar situation, people come out of caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they can only come out at night because they can't see during the day. Their eyes are extremely sensitive to sunlight. Mm. Um, they were said to be very pale skinned, fair haired, blue or gray eyed, you know, and they they were blinded by sunlight, even some phases of the moon. And some of the tales it would tell them they couldn't come out during certain phases of the moon. I mean I can were-
0: I can imagine if you live like literally in a cave or underground or in the side of a mountain. It gets really dark there, so like the, the only light you have is either that little bit of natural light that's coming in or like torches or fire or whatever. So yeah, the sun, that would like basically, practically, instantly
1: blind you. Right. Now, think about this. Our ancestors were walking around with candles and oil lamps at night. They didn't have these, you know, 1,000 candle-powered flashlights on the back of their cell phones and, you know, little handheld flashlights that are putting out, you know, 5,000 lumens with two double-A batteries. Let's
0: see, I have one.
1: Yeah. Something like this, you know, this is, and this is just basic, basic thing. Right. Now, I, I can reach down to my backpack and, you know oh, what I mean? I got my yeah. light. That's a good one. Our ancestors, they're walking around with candles, right, at night. Their eyes were a lot more sensitive just back then, period, without electric light.
0: Yeah. Their eyes
1: were a lot more sensitive. Now, like you look at nowadays we can't see half the stars in the sky with around the cities because of all the light pollution
0: light pollution but yeah I, that's like even in my neighborhood um, a lot of uh, a lot of apartments blocks so like uh, just there's not really um, a lot of light coming up you know it's not beaming off but like everyone at their front door has their own has their own light so if it's a, a huge apartment block let's say I don't know, fucking twenty in a row and five stories high. That's that's a couple hundred a lot that's a couple hundred lights. And that's just, you know, the one at the front door, so you can see where to, you know, put right. your put your key in, let alone everything that's like shining through from the windows
1: or the street lights now, you've even. Been to Petra. Yeah. You've been to Petra. Tell me the night sky is not completely different. Oh dude, I slept in
0: the desert with the uh, with the Bedouin. Um it's it's amazing it's beautiful like you you could see the Milky Way and
1: uh, yeah that's that's how you know your are your, your city think folk. about this our ancestors now there's there's our disconnect number one from our ancestors right they had that view of the sky they based their calendar around it yeah they had yeah. constellations that they they admired and and they talked to you know the, the guardians everything. That they did was based around an astrological calendar for you know thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So, that that disconnect from electric light, dude, that that cut us off from the stars, man. I mean, that ain't. Think about that. There's our there's our first disconnect from humankind is to what our ancestors lived through. You know yeah. what I mean? Why are yeah. we not as close to our gods as they were? Well, I mean, we're, we're cutting ourselves away with luxury
0: because we quite literally can't see them.
1: Literally, okay? Now, these people come out of the caves. Their eyes are so sensitive. I mean, just imagine that. Generations of people through a cave. You know, they Mm -hmm. may have been in there since the, the younger Dryas, living in those caves like that, right? And just think about the concept of that alone. You have a group of people coming out of a cave. They basically had a small bonding period with the Native Americans. They had a couple of relationships with a few different little tribes where they were helpful but then these wars broke out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and basically the few of them that weren't integrated into certain tribes were wiped out <laughs> now there are still tribes that claim to have descendants of the Mooneye people and they do not look like normal tribe members they have blue eyes they look almost al- albino though like they might have uh some of them may have albino genes now, was that created from years and years and years of being in a cave? You know what I mean, generation after generation after generation of it. Because well, our ancestors, if it's at some point during the ice ages, did. I mean, if it's genetic,
0: then um, I mean, it may look like albi- they may look like albinos, but if it's you know, if they have some uh, genetics left from the Moon-Eyed people it's it's definitely genetics but that makes me wonder you know who were those Moon-Eyed people why were they they living in those caves i mean that that really like first thing that yeah. comes in, comes to my mind is the uh, the
1: hollow earth theory even we have to take into consideration, well i mean the un- underneath the united states brother the mammoth cave system You could literally go in in, like, Tennessee and come out over by California, right? Now, it's not going to be a pleasant journey and you're going to be squeezing through, like, snail (laughs) holes. But, I mean, if you want to do some ultimate spelunking, dude, this is the place, right? All over the world, there are
0: tunnel systems going underneath cities and and whole countries. and Some some are more modern and man-made and others... Let's say it's just a
1: simpler explanation though, right? Let's let's say it's not that deep. Let's say it's just something as simple as during the younger dryas, they adapted to cave life. They found safety there. You know what I mean? They found warmth in the cold there. They they figured out how to bar off a place in the back of the cave and they had their their spot. No they weren't messed with because the Native Americans didn't really travel into the caves, they don't know if there's a bear or a wild cat or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Caves, were, caves have always been spooky.
0: You know what I mean? And, and yeah.
1: it doesn't if you matter. never approach a large cave, there's a different vibe around them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you it's, get a different it's, feeling. It's, it's big, part. it's dark, it's damp, it's unpleasant. There's so much rock over your head that if the earth shakes just a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you oh, have that thought in your head constantly when you're in a cave. If the earth shakes just a touch, I am so screwed right now. Yeah. But, either you're like
0: nuts, either you're not getting out, or you're, you know, you're crushed. I mean, like
1: both ways, you're not getting out. But now, let's say it's just that simple. During one of the last ice ages, they spent a couple generations in there. They adapted to it. Sometime throughout, then the Native American peoples came. And these people, well, I mean, they only come out at night, but when they travel around at night, they see the campfires, they see their villages. They probably see them and think about this. They can see at night really, really well. So the Native Americans, even as skilled of hunters and trackers as they were being out at night, they would have never been able to see these people because they lived and survived on hiding. Right, yeah. and they can see them literally see them coming in the dark from a mile away. So, I mean, it changes it all together. And think about how sensitive your smell would be in a cave too, man. When you come out and hit everything, like the smell of oh. other people, yeah, dude, it, like they would be easily detectable and easily avoidable. So until they wanted it to be seen, they I don't think they really were. You know what I mean? And the Dark Ages were coming about and something happened where they knew it was time for them to come out of the caves. And these alliances started happening with some of the Indian tribes and the Moonite people, right? Now, some of the Moonite people are also described as only being about two and a half to three feet tall, right? Some of them larger, four or five foot, but a lot of them full grown. Three, four feet. You know what I mean? They're, they're depicted tiny. smaller. Yeah. The, the stone effigies of them are are small you know and they they are uh the mysterious tales dude they really are but because we we're only dealing with like the the verbal lore on it mm-hmm. but we do have the effigies that are date back to you know when they say the, these people came out they're five six seven hundred years old or older and i mean that that says that somebody remembered the tales long enough to see to still see them and carve it out. You know what I mean? So we know it's older than seven hundred years, but don't know if it goes all the way back to the dark ages. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: I, I think I may I may have found a um, a picture of um what you meant by uh Native Americans with the uh the Munaid people genetics and how it really uh resembles albinism. Um, let's see, share screen, just a portion, yeah, something like this. Are they part it's... of
1: their Uh, this is, I, uh,
0: this is what Google Brave, uh, of Google Brave, um, Brave Images. Uh, I, I looked up my, uh, Moon-Eyed People, and this is one of the things that, um, that popped up, and it, it really, yeah, I mean, if this, now. they look like albinos, definitely.
1: Now, the, the lore, the spoken tales, the stone effigies, the carvings in the caves, the paintings in the caves, it came from somewhere. You know what I mean? Now you go right around the corner and you have these things that were found. That's literally the next thing I was gonna ask you if you could find yeah. the stone effigy the Moon-Eyed people. Right? You notice how they made their faces very flat. Yeah, very very round and very flat narrow long noses mm-hmm. large eyes but small I yeah mean, if they had stones that were big enough they could have carved one that was actual size sure but they they, they carved them about three and a half feet tall mm. so I'm just saying I, I think there's there's a lot more little people Legends, then a lot of people connect. You know what I mean? Because it it's cross cultural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Started with the Germanic tales, then into Norway and Sweden and Denmark and Holland. Spread and the Vedic tales. Um, there is a cemetery that was found in Coffee County, Tennessee. Did I? Do you have a slide of that that I sent you? Um, that one I want to talk about because this one is mind blowing. See, point. you did send me
0: something—a pick me tripe in ancient Tennessee. Yes, I okay. That's let's it. open the open the link. I'll just um, I'll share full screen for this one.
1: Share screen. Just going to give you a, uh, an, an out there question: Where do you think the tales of the moon people in the United States happen? Right in that ballpark. I mean, eastern ten, eastern United States, right around Tennessee, Virginia. This is that whole. This coast. is
0: definitely a burial mound.
1: This All is right. a this is a classic now,
0: burial mound.
1: Now here's here's the thing. They find seventy-five to hundred thousand skeletons, at around three feet tall, and smaller that are adult, their sacral suture on the top of their head is fully fused. They're grown to adulthood and three feet tall. If people are living in caves, they don't need or want to be big. They want to run on as little nutrition as possible, as little room as possible. So it would say that, it would stand to say that like generationally they would get smaller after being in caves for some time right yeah well this guy's farm he's i guess renovating some land and runs across 18 inch long 12 inch broad A little bones beast apart one of second the second
0: grave was like two feet, long, two feet long one inch wide what two foot long one inch wide 50 inches deep and- bones, teeth, teeth, vessels, shells shells. shells. so definitely definitely a
1: burial site now but if if you keep reading through there it's in other journals too scientific journals that they found this graveyard there's no other way, it's like a mass grave but there's 75 to 100,000 skeletons there Jeez. now even in our times our graveyards aren't that big dude no, we've got a lot of cemeteries around, but how many of them can boast that many graves? I mean, Paris catacombs—that's about the only one I can think of. That—that's insane. Yeah,
0: and even so, apparently, even the the bones were stronger than like yeah, your your average. Every and bone. I mean if you if you live like in a cave and like your your ground and your walls and all of that is rocks, then yeah. Elbows, the eyes, knee were wider, and ankle and joints the were taller. Yeah, and even like the elbows, knees, and ankle joints, so the
1: Almost like they were walking hunched over constantly. Huh. You you see how Smeagol walks? Now, yeah. imagine if your your ankles were always cocked like that and you were walking around in a short area like people that were living in caves. Tennessee is littered with caves, dude. And it, it stands to reason. I mean, this this is not the first piece of evidence that we have that North America is a graveyard of something beyond what they're letting us know. Right. Yeah. Because this is the information is there, but it's not common knowledge. How many people know that there is a mass grave of 75,000 small people in Tennessee?
0: 75,000. That's, that's, I mean, for, for like for here, here in the Netherlands, that would be a, a decent sized
1: town. Now, <laughs> how many residents were in that village? And let, let's say it did. Let's say they were burying them all in that same spot over a hundred year period, right? They're burying a thousand. 000. Yo, they're, they're they're burying seventy-five to hundred people a year over a hundred-year span. That's insane. Nah, that's
0: that's too much. I mean, like you, you
1: think, think, about have to... yeah, but... think about the population of that. Yeah, think about the population of them though. Like how big their populace had to be in order to sustain a build a graveyard that size, or just you know
0: time way further back. Because that's that's too much in in a too short time span. Like, if you bury that amount of, well, people, let's say they're people, a year, dude, like in in 10 years, there'd be nobody left to bury, right? And there would be nobody left to bury you.
1: Right, now they're burying a hundred people a year over a hundred year span. Now there's there's no big village that they found, right? There's no there's no showing of a huge civilization, which is the weird part. Seventy-five thousand. I mean, think about that. Just in if the three months. That was a big populace of people. Where was their population? Where was their city? Where were they all? I mean were they in the caves were all of them in a cave system that's insane to even think about you know so like I know cave imagine systems seeing, imagine seeing a uh, let's say a three foot tall person as you're out hunting one day and you're trying to tell your friends no dude listen I saw one of these things and they're like dude shut up you know what I mean like nobody would believe if you if you told them you know I was hunting out in the woods in Tennessee and like Four of these little three foot tall dudes ran out and skewered a rabbit and ran back in the cave. Like you'd be called a lunatic, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: people people I mean, think you hit your head or whatever. Like you know, just I don't know. Like what's in those woods? Right. What what kind of what kind of shrooms did you take?
1: Uh... Now you can't tell me that that like that stuff is impossible because I mean the bones are there. Yeah, you know now. Here's another great uh, little tidbit of information. You know who got those bones?
0: Oh, God. So let One me guess. guess.
1: Smithsonian. One guess. Yeah. Oh, for real. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Bits and pieces of them. There are some of them mm-hmm. that are saved in other areas, but that's about the gist of it. You know what I mean? Like, oh God. okay. You'll find little pieces in the museum here, little pieces in the museum there, right? Um, Pop this one up. This one's really cool. Look, uh, search San Pedro Mountains, Wyoming, Priory Mountain, the Crow Indians. They had a tale of little people.
0: I do have a picture here also of. The um, one of the cave paintings of the the ant people, dude. That looks freaky, right? Let me just let me share so that other people may see it too. Um This I'm just a now just a bit. Like, let me tell you here. Let this, me tell you a little this story, is, dude. This is weird. This looks so right.
1: Cool. Look at the Orinstein look at the horns
0: when yeah. they, they,
1: they put the ant people headdresses on I'm just saying think about this, but, if somebody's but, in a cave right everything they're doing is done in low light everything is tactile right Yeah. would they want to do something to their hair to keep them from bumping their heads or wear something that had like a, a, a warning system on it or maybe even develop antennas to keep you from smacking your heads into something?
0: I would say, like, actually develop right. them. Because, you know, just, just to wear something that's not
1: practical. That Now, the Hobie, you get into more of those pictures of those cave paintings. And as I was looking for more of them, I ran across this tale of um, this guy finding a whole bunch of these ant people um, cave paintings. And he's in there excavating, and he's working in the cave. And this other group comes in and says well, that they're taking the dig over, right? So he hurries up. He takes a couple pictures. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He makes a couple sketches, takes his notes, and gets out, right? They go about with the dig. He didn't realize who it was. It was the Smithsonian. He comes Morris. back a couple of days later to try to come back and get some more drawings of them dude and this is so elaborate right now see the waves like almost like sound waves or a doorway coming off of their hand sound waves yeah or just ribbles. A doorway or sound ribble stone all right now now just look at that as like it's a doorway in the stone like if you were looking into a hole bored in the stone mm-hmm Right, and that person standing next to it, and they—they they told tales that they would literally go into these little holes in the stone.
0: Oh yeah, man. Like, let's see. This is the, this is the best one. This is the clearest one. But yeah, those are definitely. That's not horns. Those are, those are antennas.
1: Antenna, and, uh, something. It's. I mean, I know what Maybe horns
0: look like. I, like even the Native Americans, they know what horns look like. They ha- they there were and still are they horned animals running around. You know, it's not they would have
1: just depicted bull horns, not this. Like, look at the ant-, ant mandibles, right, or an ant's antenna. They're they're almost variegated. They have little sections on them, right? Yeah, just like those horns, like the little nodules on them and stuff. That's it, it's crazy. Now, this guy comes back because he wants to get some more of his evidence and literally catches these Smithsonian dudes with acetone wiping away some of the Hope K paintings. Uh, of course, One right now, he he got documentation mm-hmm. of them and stuff. So, I mean, he, he had a little bit of proof, but beyond that, some of them were wiped away. Now, how many times has that happened? <sighs> That's just, just, the too, many. That, just it, too many. Right. Now little people. Dude, we've got them from one side of the United States to the other. Right? And I mean like it it's it's not a thing that's only in the United States um in Priory Mountain. That's what I was telling you earlier, uh San Pedro Mountains, Wyoming, Priory Mountain. They found Pedro the mummy. Pedro Just, the mummy. Yeah. Search <laughs> um, okay. Priory okay. Mountain, Pedro the Mummy. Let's see, Pedro
0: the Mountain Mummy. Oh, whoa. Okay, I think this will. This is a great comparison picture. Let me see. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This people. This this you got to see, man. Like, with just like, an actual, dude, let's say, grown man, I don't know, six feet?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's call him 5'10", for conservative purposes, Five nine, whatever, average sure, guy. Sure, sure. He's, he's holding something that would stand upright at just about two and a half feet.
0: If that. Mm-hmm. If that. Because... Now... Let's see, I did find pictures of just the mummy. Yeah. Wow, that's... Now, is that, that an adult. Is, that is very human-like indeed. Just, you know, look at the... This is like a regular hand with fingers and...
1: Developed like an adult, though not a child.
0: Yeah. All
1: right.
0: Nose, now, eyes, mouth, lips, everything. Everything's there.
1: We know these tales didn't originate in the United States, right? But what did happen when the United States was formed? And the, the got established, the Smithsonian and Rockefellers take over. And it becomes... Fairy tales and bedtime stories and yeah. legends.
0: Yeah. yeah, bringing bringing that so over, real. bringing that over from Europe because, like, here in Europe, the disconnect was like, of course, already happening. So, like, if you go to a new country, a new continent, even it's, I mean, you're you're literally starting over. So you can just you can tell the people anything they want, you know, a, like couple generations down the line, people will have forgotten, you know, what Europe was or the stories there or whatever. They would have forgotten it or it would have been so um like retold, rewritten as to
1: indeed fit a certain narrative. Right? Oh, this Tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast is brought to you by Starbucks Coffee. Not really, but oh, it just looked Dude, if only it was, I could quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Might be able to pay the rent without working every day.
0: Mm. Yeah, wearing my uh,
1: my seven day t-shirt getting rough, brother. Wearing my
0: t-shirt from work though, thought that was uh, appropriate. Right so, oh man, if only <laughs> if only we could get to uh, <laughs> if only we could get them to sponsor us. Like, I, I'm I'm not gonna drink their coffee, but still, I'll I'll take the money. That's
1: that's fine. Dude, I'd be happy with nice brand, Icelandic water. You know, like just give us something.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, man. I mean, I I started the
0: Patreon for the for the Greyhorn podcast. So you know, if if you're listening, if you're watching, and you're like, you know, I these seem like like cool guys. The tribe seems like a like a cool tribe. I would love to support them. You know, go to Patreon slash Greyhorn Pagans support us. We have a couple tiers.
1: Patreon. So, oh, to, oh, my. <laughs> just every everything. You know help us help you help us we need a reservation man to hide from these crazy people we just want to live a healthy <laughs> life let us be uh we Give don't us need some to... pigs and some chickens and 10 acres and let us go dog we're good we don't want to get wiped by the smithsonian <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, think about that. Signed, like right at about that same time frame that we start developing our country, Abraham Lincoln comes out and starts talking about giant skeletons and all that. Smithsonian is in the meantime trying to wipe it all out. They're trying to cover this all up. Why? Like it's so depressing to even like what? what? You can't think of a reasonable motive to disconnect us from the history. Like I mean, yeah,
0: this, yeah. I mean a disconnected people are a easily controllable people and you know if control and and money and power is what you're about yeah then if people know if people know the truth they're never gonna let you do those things they're never never gonna you know give you the power even you know like with every bit of trickery
1: and magic that you know see if you can find that um See if you can find that. Search that on Brave. The guy wiping away the Hopi cave paintings, dude. Um, Hmm. Just search uh, Smithsonian archaeologist caught destroying cave painting. I'm I'm 99% sure it'll be in the top searches. Destroying cave
0: paintings. Oh god, I really need need Keely, to do all this behind-the-scenes stuff, it will be so much easier. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, you heard that, Keely? Behind the scenes, we need somebody.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Like, I, I can find articles about climate change destroying cave art and all that stuff. That's. I'm not
1: finding much but keep talking I'll, uh, I'll keep searching I'll uh, anyways we'll uh we'll we'll see it in just a minute trust me you'll find it because it's not that hard to find you search it a couple different ways but
0: article from Gaia the,
1: oh of course the, fact, fact check by Snopes the Smithsonian has literally been responsible for wiping away a significant portion of these finds that like you can audit, where are they now? And I mean, the closest that anybody can find is a couple of reports of people saying the Smithsonian had to stump stuff in the Atlantic Ocean. You know, like, where is it now? That's what, the, the, the real questions need to start getting asked. Like, all of these things were found and it was logged that the Smithsonian accepted them. Then what? And then, you know, it, and it's, it's becoming a dark part of our history.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. And I don't do even—I don't even know what's going on here. If you want to change history, do you actually have the time travel? No. No, you just think about it. You just, you know, like you literally just have to destroy history and, you know, keep denying, 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 denying. At a certain point, people will just stop asking because you know they're not going to get an answer. They're not going to get a straight answer. Or they're got.
1: Or five generations later, they just forget.
0: Yeah. Or just, you know, going to get one of those those politician answers that they answer your question, but that answer only brings up more questions.
1: You know, like right.
0: they, they, t- they, it's, it's a word salad, but you don't
1: have an answer. Well, the, it's scary when you look at what they're asking us to do now to downsize our farms to give up these nitrogen fertilizers that we've been using for years and years and years.
0: Sell our livestock.
1: <laughs> we stripped strip the biome level of the soil down to nothing. That if we had to give up those fertilizers now, dude, you know how many people are gonna die in the transition? Oh, it's so It's gonna be much. insane. So You're much. Six, six to 700 million dead in the first four months.
0: Okay, I can right. find more on Google about it. it. Luckily, I'm working with a VPN.
1: Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from podcasting Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy.
0: It's it's even happening in in Australia, in Tasmania, where um, I mean, this is coming from the Smithsonian Magazine website, so, you know, take it as you will. Um, But in Tasmania, like so-called or what they like to call vandals um, destroying um, Australia's original people like uh, cave paintings and cave handprints and um, like several thousands years old. like it's happening all over the world.
1: Have I ever showed you the history circle, the the Vanderbilts and the Smithsonian? If you go search the Vanderbilt online and you look, most of the articles will be by the Smithsonian, right? If you go oh. search the history of the Smithson family or the Smithsonian online, most of the articles will be by vanderbilt edu huh vanderbilt college it's crazy dude like they're writing their own histories
0: yeah but still i think families like the uh like the vanderbilts um and and the rockefellers etc i mean they are what you or what we would call nowadays industry plants cuz i don't they they are working they are still working for someone. They are still taking orders from someone or, or some institution. And in return, they're getting all that money. They're getting all that power. They're getting the beautiful uh, Gilded Age mansions. My God, those things are huge and they're gorgeous.
1: But they're erasing history. Yeah. Now, I mean, all right. The Native American. Um, I I know you're having a hard time finding that right now. This is why we do need behind the scenes working with us. But uh, the other slide I sent you on Telegram, the Native American uh, Legends of Little People. I think it was one of the last ones I sent you. Maybe the one before that.
0: Pop Uh, that one up. Mysterious Mysterious Universe. Yeah. Uh, Let's set it in Oh, I can only view it in light mode if I have a subscription. Okay, that's fine. Let's see, let's share the screen again. Let's do the, the whole screen this time. Okay.
1: Now, roll through this bit. Uh, one of the prominent Native American no stories. Nones,
0: fairies, trolls, imps. Yeah, that's... and that's all... that's basically all. Euro- all European. From now, from what we know.
1: All right, now Um, right there, that that second paragraph. One of the read that second. That's it, right there. Highlight that second paragraph. Let's see. Oh, just this one. So, all right. One of the prominent Native American stories of little people comes from the wilds of Arizona. From the, pardon my pronunciation. Yavapai, which literally means people of the sun, so comprised of four different tribes wow. that inhabited the area of Arizona. Right now, people of the sun. Um, to you, that's all I'm going to say to you, Twisco. Um, the tribes of tier they carried down, anyways. Um, we'll get into that in another podcast. Um, sure, sounds good. Bordered by the San Francisco peaks to the north and the Pelinella Mountains and as it's all mountains to the southeast, the Colorado River to the west and the Gila River and Salt to the south. Among the lore, the Yaga is believed that the land was once and still perhaps is inhabited by a race of little people. They call the Kakaka? Kokaka? Something like that. Described it now. They remind me of brownies. Right? Being the of the, tales a, of the and sprites. Only a foot in height.
0: That's for right. for us Europeans, that's thirty to thirty-three centimeters. That's like your average school
1: no. roller. Dude, that's like twenty-two centimeters. No, twenty-six centimeters.
0: Okay, so let's say yeah, let's say somewhere between twenty-six and 132 perfectly round heads with no nose, as we have as we just saw on the um Pedro on the carvings and on the carvings, they yeah, basically had no nose or just you know very elongated, very flat. Which
1: I mean, you could say like they have no nose. Now, you've seen you've seen Pedro's face, right? Yeah, like the moonlight flat face wide-set eyes, narrow nose, long, narrow nose. So they are just right.
0: just like Indians, but little, tiny Indians. So they were people just very, very short. Like brownies. And only talking to the I'm teacher, the today. leader. Oh wow, so they only really spoke to the... Uh, the important, elders. powerful... the elders of the tribe, indeed. They never die? Whoa, okay. They are around all the time. You can see them all the time, but it can happen sometimes. But quick like that, and you can see them no more. They are just like the wind, like air.
1: Wow, okay. Alright, now, you want to hear something crazy? There is a butt-ton of these videos of people, like, standing out in a field and they're like, they're live streaming while they're like, "There's something behind me. Watch this," and you see this little yeah. thing pop up and pop back. Right? So, it's, this this is
0: said to be their their natural habitat. That looks very unpleasant, unless we're talking like in in the mountains, because to they're live, coming
1: back, because to I live, think they're making this again because something is gonna shift. Something. Like we got talking to on the Ragnarok podcast. Something is changing. Yeah. There are big changes in the air. There are corporations that are basing their entire business model around countries converting from capitalism to a communist socialist structure. That they have all this... Infrastructure set into place so that once that happens, they have all these institutions and partner groups oh. that are going to start profiting from it in an insane way. Like so, ride sharing, sort of, we have gas shortages, farms for um, protein for beans that's like three times more efficient than soy, takes three times less fertilizer. I mean, there are people that even, are poised.
0: Even in this article, it mentions that. Um, Like, uh, apparently, uh, sometimes they will build tiny houses above the ground. uh, Which the tribes have always known to live well enough alone. Now, does that remind you of anything, Stein? Yeah, you just mentioned that at the
1: beginning. In Holland and Denmark, do they still not build little houses sometimes for the others?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we do. Um and sometimes, you know, even if it's just I don't know, like maybe meant as a as a joke. I, I remember um I haven't been there in a while, but a park um well park city park as far as you can call it a park. Here in uh in Leiden in my hometown near the near the city centre, there are well, there are uh, a couple of big trees there. Um, and they have, like, placed or, or built or created something that looks like a well, like a home, like a the, the, the front door, front porch of a of a home in the tree or against the tree, as to say, if there are little people here, if there are uh, dwarves, don't they? If they are here, you know. We got a home for you we you know we made it pretty we made it nice just okay. Watch you know, out for our house and we'll provide you one you know yeah and, 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 and in and Euro- I, in I, european lore that's that's still still a big thing not unfortunately not as much in the in the cities but um yeah, kabouters uh we call them so uh or Tom, Tom, tonte is uh the uh, the old name um we they are really popular here. Like, we have books about them. I know my parents had a book about them. I um, I believe they don't have it anymore, unfortunately, because it's always been one of my favorite books. And actually, you know, as a kid, I just, I, I liked seeing the pictures and whatever, you know, uh, one of those uh, dwarves. Although I believe they are different from Kabouters, I'm not sure. Um one of the tomtas, let's say, um being like just the size of a bird. No like you, you know, like a, a small a... a small bird and um their mortal enemy is said to be trolls. Like actual. Look up the kobold. Oh yeah, love
1: those. Well, I mean, not really, but Pedro the Mummy. That's all I'm gonna say. Look up the kobold. Aren't they said to be like
0: really ugly? They're sprites stemming from German mythology. Oh, this is all. Eh, this is all CG CGI. Um let's see if I can
1: find right, like an old fairy tale book interpretation one.
0: Keely, babe, we really need you. Because I can't keep right? I can't keep doing this. I have a podcast. You're doing around. great, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. First time I'm actually trying to... Um, okay. I have my VPN on anyway, so let's try and use Google. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot of dungeons and dragons, of course. Okay, this is... uh eh, this is like an artistic... Come on, kobolds and ancient lore.
1: That might be a good way to find an interpretation of
0: one. An evil kind of kabouter or or... ah interesting okay um I found a article on Wikipedia it's in Dutch so I'm able to easily understand it
1: awesome. Now Now, Pedro funny dude I'm just saying little flat face long nose but go ahead please read on in Dutch I'd, I'd love to hear this uh let's see um let's see if i can
0: bring back pedro the um, pedro the mummy so we have some comparison oh there are a lot of pictures oh actually with x-ray skeletal structure
1: interesting Mm -hmm. his sacral sutures fully healed he was an adult man
0: Okay, so let's see, Atlas Obscura, okay. So, this is Pedro, and then... Close this, is this, that's the Smithsonian again. it! this is, okay, hold up. Um, yeah, that's about the Giants, we already did that, <laughs> yeah so this there it is, is this is, it is artistic interpretation of a kobold and then this is pedro i can yeah I'm, there are some saying,
1: there I, are some I, I similarities think, i think pedro is proof enough that the lore comes from somewhere though that it's not just an out of the air fairy tale you know what i mean they are
0: uh also common in German and Scandinavian folktales. Yeah. So they are often represented of the counter opposite of elves and nymphs. So they are like everything everything dark. They are thieves, they they guide the dead. Huh? That's interesting. Oh El- they use elfin fruits
1: to lure people ah. to their death. I've heard I've heard that they lure people off and lure them to their death. And that they're they are deviant little tricksters. Right? Kind of like the opposite of a brownie. Like a brownie is a loving trickster, right? You know, you leave them fruit and they'll do your work for you. You know what I mean? Like Without your permission, of course, but they're they're doing it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, these guys were the opposite. They were gremlins, the the ones on the aircraft wing, tearing it apart while you're flying in the air, you know? The kobold was where the the tail of the gremlins came from, right? Ah, so there's... uh,
0: There are even... I've heard about this, but more... um, Sometimes they will switch... Um human babies with a kobold baby I've heard that story before but with um with the fae
1: changelings
0: Yeah cha- oh are... let's see a a follet is uh, is a sort of a kobold but uh like with the same magical powers and magical gifts as the fae as fairies
1: mm-hmm. Changelings they're just a little dark now Bring up brownies. Uh, okay, let's they're, they're, uh, You get like the same interpretation, but they're the friendly version.
0: Brownies. Oh, Mytholo- yeah, I'll just do mythology. Otherwise, I'm going to get. That worker's good. Yeah. Oh, they're Celtics, got a Gaelic. Oh, interesting. Oh, they're definitely some kind of. Cobalt or tomte. Ah, oh, wow, that is right.
1: And they are shape—they're
0: shapeshifters. Sometimes they appear
1: in sh- in the shapes of animals. Yeah. Now I want you to think about this I was watching the show on um on like cryptozoology and odd creatures and stuff the other day. Anytime people have claimed to have run across any one of these things, they claim that before they did, they got this deep foreboding, almost like a vibration of fear, right? Like they got confused, scared all at one time. And then they see this thing and they just take off, right? So they have some kind of ability to mess with us, you know what I mean?
0: Does this sound familiar thinking more in the along the lines of pop culture? If the family gives the brownie a gift of clothing, he will leave forever and refuse to work for the family. Now what does that remind you of? Thinking more pop culture. I'm thinking Dobby from the Harry Potter series.
1: hmm Now that look you've seen the the They made him look more like the, um, the kobold.
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, yeah.
1: But, I mean, a lot of that, uh, Gandalf. I mean, Gandalf literally means magic elf. And
0: is, um, is inspired, too, by, um, by Odin, among, Mm -hmm. among
1: others. Of course. Have you ever watched that movie again, from the very beginning, the very first one? When he walks up to Frodo's door, he carves a rune in his door. It's like the oh. Fëu, I think.
0: Oh no! I should, I should look that up. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it now uh, on the on the podcast. I don't wanna, don't want this to get but, copyright hey, claims. It's Hobbit, man. It's hobbits. It's
1: related. They live in, you well, know, Burroughs. Yeah. Hey, come on. Same podcast. It's related. We can look it up. What rune did Odin carve in Frodo's door? Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, Gandalf. That's <laughs> the magic elf.
0: What rune did Gandalf carve in Bilba? It was Bilba. Was it Bilbo? Bilbo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 let's see. Carved a. I think it was a, a Beehuoran. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Um. Gonna share the screen again. Sorry, people. We're doing this a lot, but you know, now that we know how to how to work it, it's gonna happen more. Let's see, put us over there so we can actually see. Was it um, No, Feo.
1: Okay, it was Feo. Old,
0: old Anglo Saxon. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. I guess that's a, an accurate way of describing it. Even though that rune's been exactly the same since it was Teutonic and German.
0: Oh, so later in the Lord of the Rings, Tolkien uses—I'm gonna call it Surf Kirth, and invented alphabets based on
1: Futhark and Futhark. Now, the cool thing about this is, this is at a time where Christianity said if you were pagan, you were evil. Right, Tolkien wrote these books a long time ago when it was still frowned upon to look at anything that was outside of Christianity, right? Yeah. Like he had to find a way to bury the lore so that people could still see pieces of it and hear the names of old and still recognize it in modern day. He, he kept bits and pieces of it alive in that story. Now, Think about this. In the time Tolkien was writing that, there uh, wasn't massive I have, copy
0: I of have stories that... A... a very... very clear depiction. This is... I am guessing this is from the, the movie itself. Uh, okay, let's see. That is... That is feo indeed this part this is like this is the the door um this is what he carved in there
1: that's feo yeah oh do you see the, the dagaz rune yeah I was watching Hellboy the other day And, I mean, there's a bunch of different bits in it. Watch the new Hellboy movie, and there's bits and pieces of, like, Odinic lore in it, right? Right. Yeah. And when he comes back across to Arthur, or no, not Mm. Arthur, um, Merlin. Merlin goes to pull the sword up out of the water, and he carves a Daga's rune on the shoreline. And the sword comes up out of the water, almost like it was, like, a a key to a door. It was.
0: You'll see that in the, uh, or you'll read that in the Arthurian legends, but it was uh, the Lady of the Lake actually holding the, the sword up.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is Hellboy.
0: Yeah, it's it's Hollywood's um, creative
1: license. Which, by the way, uh, I'm sorry, but taking Ron Perlman out of that role butchered the movie. That was well, not okay. They took... did they do that? Yeah. Oh, they, man. You didn't notice that the last Hellboy did not look the same at all.
0: I have seen Hellboy one and two. Um, I'm, I didn't even know there was, oh, there was another, there there's another there's another part another
1: one, dude. Yes, there's another one, and he has to get King Arthur's Sort of long story. I'm not going to ruin it for you. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's different fine. time, but, different podcast, different. But
0: but yeah, even even in the the Hellboy movies, there are so many mythological creatures, and there they're are very small creatures too indeed, and they are, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen the movies, but they were
1: quite the nuisance. Now, the first Hellboy movie, I think, had a very strong storyline for this very reason. If you strip all the Hellboy stuff away and just look at the main storyline, humans and Fae got into a battle, yeah. right? And they retreated they they formed some kind of pact with the humans a human betrayed them and they retreated into the woods right they hid themselves. Now I think uh-huh. that very much speaks to reality. <laughs> you know like I think that's what's happened. we've the the church has waged a war on any old knowledge and they've tried to erase it from history. But we have struggled and strived to keep little bits and pieces of it together. And when most, we run across the game, like the in a room. Yeah,
0: and, and a lot of them in the form of um, of fairy tales, of children's stories. I mean, we may call them fairy tales, we may call them children's stories. But um, I, I do believe, and uh, we have gone into this in other podcasts as well, um I believe I talked about this with Raven on the uh the Dungeon Dragons and Tabletop Roleplaying uh podcasts. Uh I remember asking something along the lines of would um would those games also be a way of um preserving our history, preserving our culture, preserving our heritage, as we have done with Uh, with fairy tales with the kids stories you know take the brothers grim for example Um, i mean their their stories were indeed grim i mean it's you know it's europe in
1: um i want to say like ages. yeah yeah they took the tales from the dark ages and just elaborated them over the next couple hundred years and man the the original grim fairy tales were grim yeah (laughs) yeah
0: wow yeah just i mean that's you know germans they don't mess around
1: (laughs) no man no man uh give it to them raw you know what i'm saying that's it if they want to they want to dress dress it up and lace it and whatever you know make it a pretty little story then fine so be it but they they did put it out there raw um those those were uh the older fairy tales, dude. Even the old Smurfs, the Shrumps, the original. Yeah.
0: Oh, they—they are—they are huge here in uh, in Belgium and the Netherlands. They are so incredibly, well, I mean, incredibly popular. A lot of a lot of stereotypes, I must say, though. A lot of stereotypes, especially looking at uh, at Gargamel, the bad guy. That's a stereotype and a half there.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> just <laughs> saying that. You do kind of look like Johann, all grown up, and I'm just gonna leave that there. But um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but no, that's that's. I think that's interesting. You, um, and that might also be. Um, I think it works both ways. Actually, you know, it's it's a way to um, preserve our heritage and. Well, hide it uh, it from the church, you know that if Wait, if they if they see the books, if they read the stories, you can say, oh, but you know they're just they're just children's stories, they're just bedtime stories, nothing going on here. But I think that uh, later, especially um, well, especially after seventeen seventy six. Uh, If you know anything about European American history, you know, that's a big year, especially with all that's going on in uh, Germany, Bavaria, to be exact. Um, I think that has also become a way of um, just as we, you know, as as we mentioned with the uh, with the hunter, you know, finding those people, you've you've been reading too many you've been reading too many fairy tales you've been watching too many you know too many kids movies um I think that's that's become a big part of it now unfortunately to if people bring up that they you know they saw experienced
1: something
0: yeah experienced it or or saw it or like felt felt it that you know we just like uh dude they're kids' stories. Like, you're a grown man.
1: Come on, you you don't actually believe that, do you? And then... Well, I, Stein, I remember telling my mom when I was, like, six years old, we were in our old house, and this was an old stone house. The landlords were, you know, people that literally had the house built and grew up there, so it's not like it was a multiple owner home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, these people lived in it, and then they rented it to us when they, you know, got a different house somewhere else. So, like... I'm laying in my bed one night and I swear to you, dude, it's like middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. I've always had insomnia problems ever since I was a little kid. And I'm looking out my bedroom door into the dining room and I see this thing that's like maybe a, a foot and a half tall, kind of chubby, peek out around the corner. And he walks out into the middle of the floor and another one looks around and walks out and they're doing stuff they're interacting with each other and i'm like freaking out i'm hiding i'm like just my eyes sticking out of the blanket right oh yeah i'm like, on my bed <laughs> <laughs> Nightlight in the kitchen illuminated enough of the living room floor that i could see these things like they looked like two cats fighting but like people right and huh. it was the craziest thing I, I remember telling my mom the next day i i saw gremlins in the house and she's like, that's not real, da 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 da, da, da. And I tried to tell her, they, they looked like the things from Gummy Bears. You know, little leather armor and everything, but little. Wow. They looked like the ogres from Gummy Bears, but little. And they were fighting each other in her living room. And she's like, that, that's your imagination and all this. I saw those things over and over and over again, dude. That was just the first time. And, like, I can't imagine... If I saw something like that as an adult, dude, I think it would just snap my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, we've been so desensitized and tuned away to think that it's just lore. It, that's all it is. It's just there's stories. so ran across like that now, they just, you know, instant. Like a black pill breaking of their brain. Yeah. It, it's frightening. I mean, like, there's, there, there's so much lore leprechauns i mean come on dude yeah like that we haven't even touched on them tonight right and it, you look at so many cultures know what a leprechaun is
0: they like, are they are a staple in in
1: irish culture yes and Vedic culture also the indians man, the they they have tales of little people in their culture right every oh. culture has it they have a group of gods that we talked about before, Hanuman, mm-hmm. right? Hanuman had a group of brothers, right? And I can't remember which one it is, but one of them had the name like Dagas or Dagalaz or Manaz. It was one of the runes was his name. Manaz, Manaz maybe? I, I can't remember. But um, I was looking at that and I was like, that is just like so ironically tied together, that it is unreal. Like they, they're worshiping a god that we also call a god and have given a rune name to, and everything. Like it was, it, it, it snapped my mind in that moment. Like I had one of those brain farts. Um, I'll, I'll try to find that one and send it to you. We'll discuss it on a later podcast. And the other sinks between Vedic and germanic and norse because that is insane. yeah it's
0: it's all it's all indo indo-european
1: of course so yeah, like you like, think there's a lot of ties with christianity and and norse paganism and there is there's a lot oh but man sure. stuff. it's like gods of the same name and everything you know it's nuts
0: yeah but uh, like i do think um i mean the the, the Basics uh, of what we're what we're told by people who will actually research it and actually know what they're talking about. Um, main one in our circles is uh, survive the jive. Love his research, absolutely. But that um, at a certain point there was a a split. You know, uh, people like a group of people one going. Uh, one going west into Europe, which eventually became, um, you know, the the Germanic tribes, the Frankish tribes, and then uh, one going east um, into into India, you know, the ancient the ancient Aryans, and they brought and they brought their their religion and their texts uh, with them and. Uh, eventually in the East, that became uh, I think among others um, Hinduism and Buddhism. Like I know Hinduism, Buddhism, they are uh, they are not the same religion, but um, they both definitely are they they both definitely are Aryan religions. And like same same here in Europe, as we, uh, you know, as we talked about on the uh, the Giants podcast, I don't know if if it was the first one or the, the second one, yes, people, we did too, this dude has way too much information, Is way too good of a researcher, so it's, it's always multiple parts. Um, about the, the... First. <laughs> the... first one, I mean, that's what we're gonna do either. Oh, yeah, man, but... The um, the pantheons, you know, the the Greek pantheon, the Slavic, the Norse, the Germanic, um, it's all similar. The stories are really similar, so they definitely have the same root. And as you mentioned, um, similar stories, similar gods, sometimes even with the same same names or names that come from the same roots in you know the Eastern religions, in Hinduism, in Buddhism. And same with uh, with the lore, with the, um, you know the giants, the little people. You know, if if we have them in, you know, if we have the stories in America, I mean, yeah, of course, some of it will be uh, will have been brought over from Europe. Not taking anything away from the Amer- from America and the Americans, um, etc. But even before the Europeans came there, if the native. Americans if the native tribes already had their stories there were little people there there were you know the well what we know now as the Moonite people and the Ant people we have them in Europe our our history and our lore is filled with stories I mean we just we looked up a couple and that was just you know Dutch Dutch Germanic um Scottish you know that's just More northern—that's more northern Europe. I don't—I don't even know what they have in the more Mediterranean part.
1: Celtic, Irish. We're like literally. I mean, there's so much little people lore in Ireland and Scotland. It is unreal, man. The fairies, the sprites, the fae, the brownies—they—they have tales of all of it. The fae overlap there, And, and, and I don't even know what stories they.
0: Um, may or may not have in the more in the more southern part of Europe in the, the Mediterranean, Mediterranean, you know uh, Portugal, Spain, Italy um, you know I don't even know the stories there. I mean I'm northern European so I was you know brought up with the, the stories that we tell here in in the northern Europe, mostly the uh, you know from the brothers, uh, brothers Grimm and the Smurfs, indeed. So, like, if it's oh. if it's worldwide, if we have those those stories, those those people and sightings and burial mounds with seventy five thousand <laughs> skeletons, right? And there, I mean, there is, is there is something there is something to it. It it either there is like, as with the uh, the religions and language and all of that, there is one common root that has slowly but surely spread over the world and became you know the languages that we have now and the religions that we know now or now, there's you know, an turn
1: in the sightings were worldwide things. oh really yeah you, yes you mentioned that look online this is no joke there um i was looking at it the other day as a matter of fact the uh the hashtags for certain things the trending topics and hashtags you can go into TikTok, and it was like little people or little beings um following me, and things like that. Where like people are doing videos, and they're walking through the woods, and all of a sudden they notice something behind them on their screen is like popping out and looking at them, and yeah, they're like just I, looking at this like beautiful vista, trying to do a video, and they accidentally catch this little thing. I and have seen. Awful. I have seen videos
0: of that as well i can i i can remember clearly um to bikers to dirt to like people on a dirt bike you know going over the yes. dirt roads I and a trail with a GoPro. just yeah 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 i mean oh long live gopros long live technology when it comes to those right. kind of things you know it's it's a blessing and a curse um but just something really small like shooting from the uh, like out of the grass over the road and they I believe they tried to um, well to, to chase it to find it but it's it disappeared and it was really really small indeed could have been no yeah like no taller than than a foot foot and a half.
1: I seen one the other day, and it was a whole bunch of videos. They put a compilation together of all of these like videos that are popping up, and uh, they did a really good version of it. It was on YouTube, I think. Um, but it, it started out with these kids at a birthday party, and they're sitting there. I mean, they got party hats on and stuff. Like, you could tell that they're jovially celebrating, and then all of a sudden, one of them starts screaming, and this thing runs from a doorway through the back side of the room maybe a foot and a half tall, looked like a little person, hauled ass through the house, scared the kids to death. Like that reaction was not, <laughs> was yeah. not fake too, you know what I mean? And But it, it followed that into like eight or nine other videos where people are like sitting there at a party or doing something and something just startles the hell out of them. And it's one of those things. And a lot of them were in um, the Western side of the United States and in Northern Mexico. There's mm. been like a bunch of them like upticking in that area, right? Yeah, people, man. I'm telling yeah. you, yeah, something big that's about to turn around, and all of these things are starting to tick back up again. I mean, we are indeed coming to
0: uh, to the end of a cycle. Um, if you, for our listeners and our viewers, if you want to know more about that. Listen to our Reckon and rock podcasts, um, or you know, watch sure. our watch our Reckon and rock podcast. By the way, real real quick, <laughs> I've had so many questions about that. Like, whoa, like you're recording another podcast? Did did I miss part two? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Still have to record part two. Don't worry, you didn't miss anything. It's, it's dude. It's getting to come. It's getting traction. It's insane, and it's it's really. Oh yeah, like if if you want to stay up to date, so especially on Ragnarok and, and the end of the cycle, like we we have we had great people come on
1: and you know I I'm I'm with Raven in one of those conversations, man.
0: Oh man, like for part two, he he has to work as well. Like I mean, I think for part three, just check with check with Raven first. Than everybody yeah. else, like we we can we can do a rock and rock podcast without Raven. Come on,
1: I know. I I felt bad. I wanted him there for the first one, man. I really did. Yeah, I think he would have could a lot of that. Oh yeah. Anyways, um, Stein, I'm losing one of my lights, brother. And we're about an hour and forty minutes in here. I uh I'm taking it as that's my sign, dude. I need <laughs> to go get some. You know.
0: Oh, hour and forty minutes. That's that's short. It's pretty short for like, for for our standards, you know. Thinking of giants, we went to two hours. plus. Uh, I think I'm also uh, starting to swell up again. Uh, yeah, with your your tooth. And yeah. All. yeah. Yeah. Impact. Yeah. Okay. okay well, guess uh, guess we'll wrap it up here. Um, Next
1: time, yes. Next time, you I need a part two, two on this. Oh yeah. I want Rachel and Raven. I I really want Raven in the in the little people part two because I know he's got a lot of input. He, listen, just his knowledge of D and D, and the reference to a lot of the different little fake creatures that I are look, used in the D&D game.
0: It, when I looked up kobold, he has so, a lot of so stuff that I got
1: was D Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. it all came from somewhere before D and D was put together.
0: Oh yeah, and I think I think Dungeons and Dragons, like they are, it is also a way, or just you know, tabletop role playing. It is a way of um, of preserving our uh, our stories. Those were and really good.
1: And yeah, those were really good podcasts, is, too with Raven. Those were really good. That that gets me like I the uh the satanic panic that happened around the whole D and everything yeah 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 people are learning learning something other than christianity that they can enjoy they can learn about they can dedicate their time to and it upset the church yeah so satanic
0: too bad too bad you missed the life it was it was pretty good i mean he's he's gonna do it um that's gonna be his thing tea time with raven um I'll, I'll, I know I meant, put to, the, uh, I meant to be in that one I totally
1: thought that was 6 p.m.
0: <laughs> no 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 it's, it's it's a shame I was I was at work so I caught a uh, I could catch a little of it it was uh it was still relatively quiet at work so I was I was lucky enough to catch a bit of it Um I'll put that in the show notes as well for uh all our listeners and our viewers um our well beloved and well-respected member Raven is starting his own thing as well um Josh I I believe you are one of few at least of the um the admins let's say let's call it the um the tribe of the Greyhorn the the tribe of the Greyhorn pagans more inner inner circle I guess you're one of few don't really have your own thing although you're a, a regular guest here because
1: man you're you're I a good keep, you're such a good researcher I, I keep my things in the tribe i want to bring people to the tribe man
0: yeah I, and I, that's you know,
1: that's I, really that's really appreciated I, I want i want to bring the people to the tribe so i put all of my content there i put all of my quotes there and a lot of nonsense out of my head there too no, it's, it's not, not it's, all,
0: it's uh, not necessarily you know, it's not necessarily nonsense you know it's what popped up in your head it's what you think is relevant and many things are are relevant and you know things that have happened to our our ancestors as well
1: so in, in a different way in a different way perhaps the moral but still decline. the moral decline in society is pointing towards Ragnarok go watch yeah. that
0: one yeah and and uh, brace yourself for part two. That should be coming on the 29th of August. It's on a Monday. Uh, I hope to have it up and edited and everything by uh, Tuesday. Mondays and Tuesdays are my uh, my days off. It's my weekend, so that's when I get to uh, get to do everything. Um, so yeah dude thanks and uh next time we next time we we really have to uh next time i want to get into the more uh more british things you know the more the more gaelic uh with the the leprechauns and the, oh yeah uh and and the bra and the brownies the
1: gaelic. oh man there's yeah. a lot of little people lore there i i couldn't unpack all of that in today too i, I couldn't no, it would have just no. i, I will for four hours i really would love to
0: uh to make that part two because th- there is so much good lore to be found there as well and so many oh yeah good stories and you know as we said like the leprechaun it's like leprechauns and ireland's those two are Man, if you say Ireland, you say le- you say leprechauns. If you say leprechauns, you it's say Ireland. Together, Ireland,
1: like, you know. Especially in our modern culture, le- leprechauns and Ireland are synonymous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's their mascot. It's on everything you see. Irish has got a leprechaun on it. The fighting Irish, Lucky Charms. It's all there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got to bring this back to our culture. You know, we've got to bring some old ways back to the new ways, man. We've got to. Better connect back with our gods again. See the stars, dude. You know, filter out some of that. Filter out some of that. Uh, what do you call it? That light pollution, that mm. radio interference. Get out in the woods, look up at the sky. And Touch some connect. grass. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, I'm Child of Ash 420. Everywhere except for in the Tribe of the Great Horn Pagans, I'm Joshua, Thane of the Tribe. Um, Child of Ash 420 on. Uh, Mines Child of Ash 420 on Twitter Child of Ash 420 just about everywhere else Uh, Joshua 14 Eon Rumble but you'll find me in the tribe more than anywhere else
0: yeah and he uh, our
1: telegram channel man telegram channel Mines channel
0: yeah and you you uh, you're posting some interesting stuff there and just you know
1: I like leading up to our podcast with little snippets yeah yeah, so if
0: you uh, if you want to be prepared for the uh, for the next podcast, uh, I was hoping to do this uh, to do this live. Unfortunately, uh, technology did not want to work with me. Uh, so maybe next time we'll find a different way of um, of doing it live. So uh, for now, thank you all for being here once again. Thank you, Josh, for all the diving and digging you have done and uh I can't I can't wait for uh, for part two it's gonna be really interesting. Tribe of the Greyhorn In Pagans Yeah man Tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans you can find us on Telegram t.me forward slash Greyhorn Pagans you can find us on Minds. Just look up Greyhorn Pagans. Uh those are the two main channels that we're on. We are also of course on Odyssey where you will find the full video versions of our podcast. Uh, I will leave all the links in the description, in the uh, in the show notes. We, uh, And if you're lazy, you know, Linktree, I'll leave that up to. Every Everything's in there.
1: That link uh, is handy. Oh, did you get our uh, Patreon up on Linktree?
0: Uh, oh, that is a good one. I believe I still have to add that. Um, yeah, thanks, Josh, for uh, for reminding me. I should plug that as well. We do have a Patreon up and running for the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Um, we have a couple of different tiers from um, just having your name in the end credits all the way to having uh, early access to the uh, to the podcast so if you want to support us, support the tribe, support the work that we do um, help us do more research deeper research, unfortunately some things are hidden behind a paywall so if you want to help us if you think all oh, this is, is awesome, it's really interesting, go to patreon.com forward slash
1: greyhorn gotta get better somehow
0: Exactly. So, if you want to help us, go to patreon.com forward slash crayon pagans. Pick out a tier. Doesn't matter which one. Everything is helpful. If you don't like Patreon with all that they have done for uh, or done to, I should say, uh, creators, we are also yeah. on Ko-Fi. So, you know, just buy us a coffee. It can be a one-time donation. can be a monthly structural donation. Uh Ko-fi slash I will put everything up in show notes, of course. Um I am Stein Fox the Yarl, you can find me at T.me forward slash Steinfox. I am on Twitter. Um at Steinfox mines, same thing, Steinfox, um Odyssey, YouTube, just wherever if you look up Stein Fox, you'll find me. So, Josh, thank you, and thanks to all Good our, and uh, thanks to all our listeners and viewers for once again being here. It was a pleasure. Bit shorter than uh, than we're used to with you, but um, you have some issues, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, take a it- problem. Yeah, so take care of that first, and. We will uh, yes, sir. see you soon for part two. Thank you. And until next time, see ya.